I'm your new announcer. Previously on the Sportzilla Show. Oh, I like your funny words, Magic Man. Unless he just, for lack of a better term, poops the bed. You know what I'm saying? When the lights are on, I feel that this guy's going to be a good football player. The Sportzilla Show. LeBron James. You can dodge a wrench. You can dodge a ball. Live and local, it's the Sportzilla Show with Rain and the Glue Guy, Matt, on ESPN Radio. So Q Sports Talk, twitch.tv, we'll get that fired up. We'll get a Twitch poll out there in just a couple of minutes. I'm looking on Twitter at who we have here today. Uh, we're at ESPN Sportzilla on Twitter. You are at ESPN. You are Matt. I am at ESPN. You are Rain. I also have an Instagram and Facebook. Did I get those right? No, I'm at ESPN Rain. There you go. Every time I give yours out, I throw the UR that's not in mine. I, I know. I why, know. Why do I do that? Every time. But if I just say mine, I'm perfectly fine. Scranton Wilkesbury. Scranton Wilkesbury Rail Riders. There you go. I struggled with that yesterday. Multiple times. I twice. Three times. Probably three times. I uh, practiced it a bit. I'm proud of you. I had to. How are you? Uh, so it's at ESPN. You are Matt or at ESPN Rain to find us on social media at ESPN. You are or at ESPN Syracuse. You can find us on social media and the James Mitsubishi Sports Illustrated podcast is up there. Talked to Robert Esch yesterday. The Comets and the Crunch played yesterday. The Empire Recycling Galaxy Cup. It's now a 6-5 season series lead for the Syracuse Crunch with a well, a rare, I guess, road win against the Comets. The Comets have been good at home. It ended up what being 5-3 to three as far as the score that I see here. And Taylor Radish with the Hattie. That's not all the hockey we got to talk about today. We had Rick DiULio from our brother station, TK99, which is the home of the New York Yankees, which we'll also get to. But he was in with Axe yesterday and on the block because he had to vent. There has just been a lot going on with the Rangers and Tom Wilson. And then there was a couple of firings with John Davidson and Jeff Gorton, the GM. And then ding, ding, a boxing match turned turned out last night. And there was just a ridiculous amount of fights. So even more has developed. And when I tell you Rick DiULio is steamed, he's he's angry. We need to let him get a little bit more off his chest. And it's just, it's been a huge story in sports. It has been. It's uh, even more so than just your typical hockey fans knowing about this. So let me get to the game plan. Let me run you through what we're going to do here on the Sports Illustrated Show from 2 to 4. My name is Rain. Matt Page is here. And we have, well, a couple things worth a mention to get started. I wanted to mention uh, tight end Aaron Hackett, former tight end, going to play for Kent State and former offensive coordinator, of course. Eric Dungy, who we just found out uh, not too long ago was going to play in the six-week spring league. Well, that's not happening. He's been invited to Bengals minicamp. Listen, they need quarterbacks to run through drills because... I'm sorry, what's his name? Joe Burrow. Yes. He can't. He's still re- recovering from the, well, re- literally tearing up his knee. Uh, you, I don't think you could shred a knee much worse than he did, but he'll be back and he'll be ready to go. I still don't think they really did much to address the fact that when he comes back, he's going to get blasted again. Yeah, they got him some weapons, but big deal. You can't throw to your weapons if you're on your back. Yeah, well, hopefully the Giants offensive line gets better because they did acquire weapons. Uh, that was a decent game plan. So we'll get through. We got through that. We got Does It Matter in a couple of minutes. Spencer Davidson will play odds makers with us like he does every Tuesday and Thursday at about 2.15. He'll clearly want to comment on the Rangers, Crunch Comets. We got some Yankee stuff. Syracuse, Mets, Scranton, Wilkes-Barre, Rail Riders. Yes, good job. Information to talk about. I was waiting for your approval. Can I just run to the other room real quick? Why? I forgot my map. You really did? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll run through okay, the rest of good. it while you go. You'll be back in 60 seconds. Okay. Or more. You're going poof. You're going to vanish. 
I'll continue after Spencer Davidson. We're going to talk lax today with Rick Beardsley. We're going beast mode. He reached out, text me yesterday. We were talking about lax a little bit yesterday with the John Desco press conference uh, addressing Chase Scanlon, the season finale, which is tomorrow against Robert Morris at four o'clock. So we'll talk all about that. Uh, You're killing me. Smalls has a little bit to do with the Astros and the Yankees and what the Astros are whining about to Major League Baseball. Uh, then we'll get to Rick DiUlio at the top of the second hour. Mike McAllister is also going to join us from Syracuse on SI today. I want to talk a little bit about Frank Anselm with him. We want to talk a little bit about Benny Williams, who's going to be in the Allen Iverson tournament. That's on the way. He talked to Tyler Ennis recently. We'll put a little bit more respect on Melo's name because he's top 10 all time in NBA scoring. That's a conversation I love to revisit for anybody that wants to hate on Melo. That's just a thing for me. And then we've got to talk about where does Iffy Cisco, Cooney, and Trill fit in in their respective teams in the NFL post-draft and signing of undrafted free agents. And we have to see if he's okay with the Eagles draft as well. We've got to give him his therapy session of about course. his Philadelphia Eagles. We do that every time. Uh, so that's my game plan here on ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. The Yankees are obviously in-game right now. Garrett Cole's on the mound. We'll try to keep track of that. It's about an hour in. Do you have an update right now, or do you want to wait a couple minutes? Can I uh, stall long enough for you to open that up and, sure. and, and check it? I should have had it on my screen, but I have other things on my screen. Uh, in the meantime, while he does that, um, everybody else can, you know, just... Uh, please refer to my opening statement. We'll talk about Desco with Rick Beardsley soon. What you got? It's a one nothing Yankees in the bottom of the third. Let me guess, Giancarlo Stanton at a home run. I haven't seen any uh, box score yet. Yes, yeah, Stanton homer to right center. I, I'm not. I'm serious. Four thirty seven. You're serious. I'm dead serious. My goodness gracious! All right, well, you know what? I've got some more numbers about how ridiculously hot he is, but we can include that in our opening segment today, which is called "Does It Matter." You ready to ask me questions, glue guy? Sure. Let's do it. Does it matter? It's the Sportszilla Show with Rain and Matt on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Does it matter? Does it matter that an MLB record, one of the oldest in its history since 1884, might fall, which is eight no-hitters in a season? Yeah, three so far. It should be four, though, with Madison Bumgarner, right? Correct. They made the rules. They made these doubleheaders seven innings. That's a complete game. So you can't fault the guy for not going a whole game if you're not allowing him to go a whole game. Yeah, otherwise, don't do that and just keep the doubleheaders nine innings. Or just credit him the no-hitter. Yeah, you just got to credit him the no-hitter. I guess technically there's three on the way to eight. It might fall. Listen, it's advantage pitchers with the way the game is right now. It just is. It is. The numbers bear out. The strikeouts are unbelievable. They've also taken away the ability, which is weird that pitching is so dominant, but you couldn't, the unwritten rule, you could put a little pine tar, maybe get a little little sticky, tacky substance to grip the ball a little bit better. Hit by pitches are up this year, too. Wow. Isn't that kind of crazy if you think about it? I could throw you a few numbers on that, but a little bit more on John Means, who you were talking about, who at one point played a little, played a little uh, semi, not semi-pro, but college summer league baseball in Central New York for the MV Diamond Dogs. Kind of neat. Threw that no-hitter. And, of course, he said he was feeling his father who passed away from pancreatic cancer last year. He said he felt like he was with him. It could have been a perfect game, which is crazy, but... Uh, Mean struck out Haggerty, and the catcher didn't catch it. And, of course, so by rule, the hitter's able to reach base safely, and he ended up doing that because 
he was not thrown oh, out. That sucked. So it was it was kind of technically a perfect game, but it wasn't because of that technicality and that rule. Uh, but just outstanding at 12 strikeouts. John Means, nobody knew who the hell he was, and now he threw a no-hitter in Major League Baseball. You know, I know we do what are the odds with Spencer, but what are the odds you expected a no-hitter from the O's this year? Um, I can't say that I did. I think it was, what, 1969, and Jim Palmer was the, yes. was the last one to do it with an 8 to nothing win. What are the odds I'm going to throw, or what are the, I'm sorry, does it matter? Let me throw you this one. Okay. Uh, just broke as we were getting on the air. I was getting ahead of myself inadvertently. You thought that Albert Pujols was going to be released. Does that matter? We surprised by it. They did it to A-Rod on the Yankees. They'll do that sometimes. With these really long-term deals, and you get these guys in their 40s, the performance just isn't there. you got to get the roster spot, and you've got to move on sometimes. Uh, does it matter? Yeah, obviously, Albert Pujols is a huge name with the MLB, but does it really affect the team at all? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I think they'll be better off long-term when it's all said and done. you just got to trim the fat and move on. You remember the old ESPN Sports Center promos where – he was the machine before yes. DJ LeMahieu was the machine. Uh, yeah, it sucks for Albert Pujols, but hey, it happened to A-Rod too. And he moved on to like J-Lo and a bunch of other things. Owning the Timberwolves. Yeah, So and the Lynx. He's going to be all right. Doesn't matter on ESPN Radio. It is the Sports Silla Show. What's your next question? Does it matter that Jason Tatum has been cooking lately? Yeah, where's those numbers? We got those floating around here somewhere. Uh, how about this in his last six games? 27-7-3, points, rebounds, assists. 33, 2, and 5, 68, and 5, 35, 8, and 8, 19, 11, and 2, 38, 10, and 4. Not bad. What do we like to call that? Uh, that's good, right? Yeah, that's, not, that's pretty good. That's a question that we like to ask. Yeah, that matters. Didn't he blast, uh, what was it, uh, Jalen Brown the other day? Yes, he ran right into him. And no worse for wear. No, it seems like uh, they left the game with 40 seconds to go, and they seem to be okay. Does it matter that John Morant and Anthony Edwards, uh, are their ages are the future of the game? Uh, yeah, I think it's going to the uh, NBA is going to be in good hands moving forward. You know, we always I feel like fans get worried once a big name in the NBA is getting older, like a Jordan, a Kobe, a LeBron. When those guys leave, what's the future going to be? And I think the NBA is, is in great hands. So fifth 30-point, 10-assist game, most in uh, Grizzlies franchise history. No other player has more than two, by the way, for Ja Morant. 37-10 and 14 out of 25. He struggled against the Knicks the other day, though, even though they did lose last night to Denver. But Jokic is no joke, for real. And then there's Anthony Edwards. He's 19, 42, career high. Eight out of nine from three-point range, seven assists. Um, He's doing things like LeBron James is the only one that's ever done so some great young players in the NBA. I had to talk about that while we were talking basketball. Let's move on, though. Some more baseball so we can get to the young Carlos. No? No, we got a, actually a Twitch poll right now going on. Okay, let's bring that in. Who impressed you the most last night in the NBA? Was it Embiid, Jokic, Tatum, Trey Young, or other? For me, it was Jokic because I, I checked a bit of the Knicks-Denver game out, and they just had no answer. I mean, this is... Listen, it's not even a punchline anymore. The Knicks are a damn good basketball team this year. And and he's a front runner for the MVP. Yeah, and he played like an MVP and it was it wasn't a bad game for Julius Randle, but it was a he was a little bit off. Uh but you know what? It's okay. You lose one, you refocus, you can't win them all. They've been on an unbelievable stretch right now. Agreed. So that that would be my selection. I'll click that in just a second when I get back up on Twitch at Q Sports Talk. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. This is Does It Matter on the Sports Illa Show. Does it matter that the Yankees have won 
five straight, which is the longest uh, streak going so far, and they're 10 of 13. 180 degrees in the opposite direction from where they were just a short time ago. It is amazing the narrative, not just on the team, but on Giancarlo Stanton. His 14 hits in his last five games. Francisco Lindor, who is 0 for his last 24, has 14 hits all season. Wow. And, man, Mets fans are just not happy about that. He actually said, I'm doing a great job on mistakes. Is every pitch a mistake? Because he seems like he gets a hit. Last night, I'm going, oh, he's not getting another hit, is he? Yep, he did. Yep. He's not getting another hit. Yep, he did three more last night. It's just just remarkable. Last 15 days, 462 average, on-base percentage 481, slugging percentage 827, home runs is five of them, tied for second overall Major League Baseball, and 24 hits. He's, he's, he's unconscious right now. Who, who does what he's doing right now? Is that what we call good? 11-game hit streak? It's just, yeah, that's what we call good. It's phenomenal. You know what the Yankees starters have been doing? Good to last 15, 15 in the last 16 starts. Allowed three earned runs or less. ERA's 269. Last started to do that. April 25th, three runs earned Jamison Tyon. They've been phenomenal. And by the way, with the five strikeouts that Aaron Judge had last night, Boney called it an anomaly in the post-game press conference. He had entered the game in his last 49 plate appearances, 308, 449, 615 on base percentage, slugging percentage. So Judge having 4Ks doesn't matter? Yeah, let's just move on and assume that he's going to be fine and it was just one game. This happens for a week. If he's struggling, then yeah, you could say he's broken or something's wrong with Aaron Judge. He's okay right now. If it happened a couple weeks ago when the Yankees were struggling, fans would have lost it. But because the team's doing well right now, and Stan is just uh, just doing amazing, Judge's struggles really doesn't matter that much. Yeah, Stan's throwing his teammate cover right now, yes. and the Yankees winning is doing the same thing. In his 11-game hitting streak, by the way, Giancarlo has got a 500 average, five home runs, 10 RBIs, OPS 1.416. I don't know how much you pay attention to OPS, but that is ultra, super, mega, beyond elite. If you're in the 900 range, you are well above average in Major League Baseball. Oh, and the numbers, by the way, I had mentioned about being hit by a pitch being up this year with not having the tacky substances and that unwritten rule. 395 of them overall in 2018. uh, uh, I'm sorry, 39.5%. Wait a minute, 0.395. What does that break down to? I can't do that. 39.5%. So I was right? Yeah. And it's uh, 486 right now. 48%. Yeah, so it's up. That's a lot. For some reason, I couldn't read my own writing that I had written those notes down about being hit by a pitch, and I forgot how to do math. Yikes. You got one more question, or can we just pause so I can? Uh, I need coffee. I just want to ask you a couple things about Aaron Rodgers real quick. Okay. Does it matter that Brett Favre won't mind his business about Aaron Rodgers? And should the Packers and Seattle Seahawks do a trade straight up for Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers? Is is the fan base turning on him? Quickly. Yeah, I just think that Brett's got to mind his business. Why are you getting involved in this? And he's Well, Brett Favre won't shut up, but that's neither here nor there. But he's claiming, you know, there's text messages between these two guys, but then in a sense you're turning around and you're airing his dirty laundry for him, and that's probably a stupid idea. It is. Don't do that. Why would you do that? Keep it between yourself. Keep it in Vegas. What happens there stays there. Keep it in a locker room. Don't make that public. Who knows what he's going to decide. He might backtrack on all of this. He's still got three years and a lot of money. Just it's a bunch of nonsense. And of course, I'm glued into the soap opera. Because you have to be. It's a constant narrative. Um, yeah, maybe they maybe they should consider that that Wilson trade. He's and younger. Yeah, that's true. And doesn't matter that the Packers are looking at other 
uh, quarterbacks for OTAs and minicamps? Same thing. It's why Dungy got a chance with Cincinnati in minicamp yep. because you need quarterbacks there to run through the drills. It's really that simple. So, yeah, I guess that matters, too. Let's stop right there. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. I'm going to learn how to do math and read percentages, and we're going to come back with Spencer Davidson next. It's the Sportszilla Show with Rain and Matt. <coughs> Get the f*** away from me. Okay, this has gone well. All right, should we take some calls? Let's take some calls. It's time for Bi-Weekly. Can't wait. With WKTV Sports Director Spencer Davidson. Fourth inning, Yankees in Houston tied 1-1. Obviously, Garrett Cole's on the mound. Clint Frazier is up as we speak as we get ready for our version of Bad Beats or Odds Makers and ask the question of Spencer Davidson, what are the odds? And now we'll fill in the rest of the blanks. What are the odds that you want to comment on the Rangers? Uh, the Tom Wilson situation. Chris Drury is now president and general manager. George Peros, of course, was called out in a comment by the team. They've been fined $250,000. James Dolan is a terrible owner. Uh, nobody seems to be happy about that. They obviously didn't make the playoffs. Um, I'm going to guess 100%. Oh, and there was a few fights last night, in, in case you didn't notice, like a lot of them. Like six of them within like the first five minutes of the game. It was ridiculous. More more of the teams were in the penalty box than on the bench. Spencer? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there were three fights just one second into the game simultaneously. So that was uh, certainly interesting. Hey, look, it, it caught the attention of ESPN. They did a whole segment on it in Sports Center, So you know it was a big deal if, if hockey was, you know, a three-minute segment on Sports Center. So, um, yeah, but I, look, I don't. I don't know what to make uh, of the Rangers front office moves. Um, it seems like a very odd time. Uh, you know, I, I think for me, the, the John Davidson move hurts a lot. Uh, I mean, the guy hasn't even been here for two full years yet. Um, you know, he, such a great reunion between JD and the Rangers with him coming back and taking control of the team that, you know, he played for and was a broadcaster for just kind of seemed destined to be. And I feel like he really didn't even get a chance to, to, to do what he set out to do. I mean, you know, Jeff Gordon has been with the team for 14 years. He's been the GM for six. I don't think that the Rangers have been doing poorly enough to warrant a shakeup in the front office. Um, I'm a little worried that this is James Dolan now that the Knicks are doing well. Um, you know, James Dolan getting his hands too much uh, on the Rangers business. Um, you know, I love the fact that Chris Drury is still with the organization. Um, so I do love that aspect of it, but it's a head scratcher for me, the, the, the moves to, to get, especially JD, but also Gordon out. Um, and I just hope that this isn't the beginning of Dolan getting way too hands on with the Rangers, you know, here in the future and kind of screwing up this rebuild. But that being said, um, I'm happy with what the Rangers did last night. Uh, you know, this is a team that's been called soft and that they don't have any edge and whatever. And, you know, they stepped up for their, for their player last night for, for Panarin. Um, you know, Brendan Smith going right after Tom Wilson. You know, the guys you know, stepping up and, and dropping the gloves. Um, it's something that the league didn't do what, uh, you know, at least I feel like they should have done. And you don't want to see the vigilante justice, but I'm happy that the Rangers, you know, stepped up for their guy last night for sure. It, it, uh, it was nice to see them play with a little bit of snarl. What are the odds the Rangers should pay their $250,000 fines in buckets of pennies? Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, or like Bitcoin or something. Um, I mean, you know, the fact that, look, I know I know it's an organization versus an individual, but the fact that it's like, you know, 50 times the fine or something like that Tom Wilson got for punching a guy in the back of the head while he's defenseless on the ice and for pulling someone's hair and throwing him down on the ice 
uh, without a helmet on that could have seriously injured him had he not landed on his shoulder. Um, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. And anybody who says, you know, I know a lot of cast centers say, oh, that's hockey, cry about it, cry. That's not hockey. I played hockey my entire life. I never would have, while a guy, while a guy had his helmet off, never would have pulled his hair and thrown him down to the ice without a bucket on. So anybody who's trying to say that's hockey, that's not hockey. I've watched hockey. I've played hockey my entire life. And nothing about that was hockey. So the NHL dropped the ball on what to do with Tom Wilson. And the Rangers get fined $250,000 for simply putting out a statement, words on a graphic. Uh, it's ridiculous to me. So um, I'm, I, they should absolutely just drive up there with a whole bucket full of pennies and say, here you go. It's pretty funny because Peros, the in the Department of Player Safety, uh, Lou guy looked it up. Goon, he is a goon, straight goon. He, he really. Yeah, oh God, Peros. Yeah, Peros was a was a horrible goon. That's why it's like he loves a guy like Tom Wilson. Six. So I'm not surprised. Six fights, thirteen penalties assessed just in that first five minutes. Rangers caps last night. We're talking to Spencer Davidson on the Sports Illustrated Show on ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. Downtown goes Frazier. He just did a home run over the last couple of minutes. The Yankees are now up 3-1 to one over the Houston Astros. Uh, let's get to the Yankees in just a second. We want to stay with the crunch and the Comets. Syracuse went up uh, a road win, very rare in the Adirondack Bank Center for a visiting team to win, but they did yesterday. Taylor Radish had a hat trick. Six to five on the season series for the Empire Recycling Galaxy Cup. A quick comment on Uticus, basically. What are the odds that you wanted to talk about that hockey game? Yeah, hundred percent. Now that was a that was a great hockey game. Very back and forth. Um, at, you know, at times the Crunch looked dominant. At times the Comets had sustained pressure and looked dominant. Um, you know, it's kind of what you expect between these two teams and these rivals. You know, that we've seen over the years. It's just such an even matchup, no matter who the players are in the lineup. Um, every game is just so tight. Uh, and so, you know, that 5-3 final, you know, with the empty netter, I mean, it really wasn't indicative of, of how the game was. Um, I mean, that game could have easily gone to OT if not for a bad break from the Comets aspect um, early in the third. But, you know, the one thing from the standpoint is you score a goal to go to take the first lead of the game at 3-2. Uh, you can't let up a goal in the next shift, you know, within 30 or you know, within a minute later. I think it was 37 seconds later. So you can't do that. That's a mistake. But, you know, great hockey game all around. So, Spencer... Adam Warren, you remember him now in his third stint with the New York Yankees, Scranton Wilkesbury Rail Riders, three strikeouts last night. A nice veteran arm to have stockpiled down in minor league baseball at AAA for the Yankees. Of course, playing the Syracuse Mets to open up the minor league AAA season for these two teams. So it's not just that. Then a guy named Luke Voigt hit one to Detroit, and then he went back-to-back and belly-to-belly with Miguel Andujar, who's also down there. They're working him out in left field a little bit. You might have Voight back pretty soon in New York at first base. So what are the odds you love to see it? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, Luke Voigt <laughs> looks more than ready to return right away. You know, obviously, granted, it's against AAA pitching guys who are just getting into their season mode. But still, uh, you know, Voigt looks ready to return. You know, I think we've been saying all along that the Yankees need Voigt back. When they were struggling, they need a guy like Voigt back. And even now that they're really starting to come along, you know, you need a guy like Voigt in the lineup every day. Um, and, and so I'm excited for him, you know, and Duhar, like seeing him perform, you know, as long as he can, he can um, improve his, his fielding, you know, his bat's a valuable bat to have as an option. Um, and yeah, and, and Warren, you know, he's, he was a steady guy in the bullpen for him. And so, uh, you know, if he can, can be, can provide them a call up option, you know, that'd, that'd be great as well. So I, I do love to see it. 
Um, and I'm sorry, Syracuse Mets fans. Normally, I'll root for the Syracuse Mets, but uh, I'm happy to see what, what, what those boys did to him last night. Scranton Wilkesbury is my one exception as well, where I will root against the Syracuse Mets. For obvious reasons. For obvious reasons, I might be a slight Yankees fan. Glue guy, what's next? Spencer, <laughs> did you know uh, what are the odds that you knew John Means was a former Envy Diamond Dog player? Uh, obviously, last night he threw a new no hitter. For the O's. It should have been a perfect game. Yeah, uh, 100% uh, that I knew that. As soon as I got the alert on my phone that John Means threw a, a no-hitter, I immediately scrambled to, uh, to to shoot something out on social media uh, about the fact that he was a former Diamond Dog. Uh, he played there in 2012. Uh, he went 3-2 and two in seven starts. Um, he was actually leading the PGCBL that year in strikeouts before he got shut down. For the for the season, and he held opponents to a one eight nine batting average um, that summer in Mohawk Valley with the in, in Little Falls with Mohawk Valley. So um, certainly, a, you know, a short time here in, in Central New York, but a big impact in Little Falls, and, and it's awesome to, to see it. And, and Rain, you're right, should have been a perfect game if not for that you know drop third strike rule. But he just was absolutely dominant, and uh, it's it's really awesome to see how much he's burst onto the scene in the last few years. Hey, what are the odds you know that I couldn't read percentages? Uh, in our previous segment, Spencer, and just lost the ability to do math. I had like 30 seconds where my brain was not connecting the dots. What are the? <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. That happens to me all the time. We got one more. That for, happens to me all the time. We got one more for you, Spencer. Before we let you go today, odds makers with Spencer Davidson from WKTV here on ESPN Radio. What are the odds that you know how many seasons Steph Curry has made 300 or more three pointers? Um. Wow. That is like five percent maybe if i could take a guess i don't even know i mean i'm 11 i don't know <laughs> 11 12 fill him in with the numbers glue guy so he's had four seasons where he's done that so far only one other player four. in nba history has done so and that's james harden what are the odds you knew james harden wow. was the only other player to do it once that 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 surprises me that it's james harden but um but look steph curry i think is going to go down as as the greatest pure shooter of all time in NBA history. It's just, it's ridiculous to see what he does. It's a lot of fun to see it on the highlights, um, and especially with him being in the Western Conference, not having to see it every night against the Knicks. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome to watch it from afar, for sure. Going to have a conversation with Mike McAllister from Syracuse NSI at about 3, 3.15 today. We will discuss Syracuse football. We'll discuss Syracuse basketball. We'll talk to Rick Diulio from our brother station, TK99, which is the home of the New York Yankees. And uh, there is a game on right now, but you might want to hear what he has to say about a huge story and what's going on with the New York Rangers. And up next, in keeping it in the Syracuse family, lacrosse season finale tomorrow for the men's team against Robert Morris. So let's go beast mode and bring in Rick Beardsley next on ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Here's Rain and Matt. Yeah, technical error. And all right, that was that was human error, wasn't it? it it's uh, beast mode time, and I'm so excited. I get jacked up when I talk. And I say this every time he comes on, uh, but Rick Beardsley reaches out to me yesterday. He goes, hey, man, he's talking lacrosse. What's up? Hit a brother up. So I did. He listens to us all the time. We want to return the favor and bring him on. We've got to get up to speed with, first of all, the season finale against Robert Morris tomorrow at 4 o'clock for the 10th wreck. SU Orange. We've heard acts say that our, we might be seeing the end of the John Desco era. Uh, and and I wonder how you feel about that. I want to hear your perspective on this, Rick. So start there for us. 
I'll give you – you're going to be the first guys I give real feelings to today. I, I mean, honestly, about this. I have been, you know, a harsh critic of, of being ranked, and whenever I hear you just say 10th and they're 15th in another poll, guys, that really hits me to the point of goosebumps in my legs and my arms. It really bothers me. Um, you know, I am hoping that this Scanlon thing, because it is real, oh. I'm going to tell you, I do believe it's real. Yeah, I oh, know we do too. Uh, and I just hope that it doesn't, I don't know how to say it, guys. Coach Desco helped shape my career. So did Coach Simmons. And I do owe them everything. And I said this yesterday to Roy Three uh, when I called him just to check in. I didn't check in to see how the school was going to want information about Scanlon. I literally just checked in to check in. And, guys, I'm going to give you a real heartfelt here. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I might break down, uh, and I'm going to apologize in advance. But I really – I do love Coach Desco dearly, and, and he should go out on his own regard. you got to respect and what he's I, done. You're absolutely right. Absolutely it, right. And it, it's not it personal. Is, it it, is. No, it's not. And, guys, I just don't think – I mean, guys, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think – I think the university's done a, a poor job if this indeed does come out where it's, uh, where it's a guilty thing and he did do what we think he – you know, what the rumors are. And, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you right now, man – I don't think the university, where's John Wildhack in all this? Like, where is he? What, what statements has he made? I'm sorry. I, you know, I could hurt future employment opportunities probably in connections by saying that, but let's let, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, you know, this, forget about being a dad of two daughters. This is, it's what's, it's what's right and wrong here, right? It's what we grew up, you know, respect, you know, the opposite sex, you know, where, where is the guy at the top defending his coach? That's the problem I have right now. He's not defending him. He's letting him fall on the sword. And whether Coach Desco has fallen on the sword for another reason, who the hell knows? But I'm going to tell you guys, he's fall, he, he's, he, he, once the second he said I, that really, you know, where is the support from, from the big guy? I don't need the associate AD. I want the big guy support the program, say we support our coach. But no, they're probably listening to guys at billable hours. But billable hours don't make humans. They don't make people, fellas, right? They just don't. It was. So, it, let me just interject this. It and, and I said this the other day on the air. As far as the refer to my opening statement press conference we had about a week ago with John Desco in addressing the Chase Scanlon situation, I said you make your statement. There, there are legalities that you have to follow, and there's a line that you can walk up to in discussing the actual case. But then after that, just. I would have, in a general sense, condemned domestic incidents as it a domestic incident as it was called. And, and to your point, it turns around that it's the athletes, it's the team, his teammates getting together. First of all, you everybody has seen how they galvanize. They all put out that same statement saying, "I, I plan now to play to raise awareness and show support of all victims yeah. of domestic violence and abuse." I'm also a girl Absolutely. dad. I'm also a girl dad. I have yep. four girl, I have four daughters and, and it was the same thing for me. I'm like you can in a general sense on a human level disregarding the lacrosse aspect or the sport aspect of or the university just say this incident happened you cannot do this. We do not support this in any way. And because of that, until the legal issues or the investigation are over with Chase Scanlon, who hasn't played in the last two days. I think we just lost him on the phones. We'll dial him back up and I'll finish my thought. You've got to come out and you've got to condemn what happened. You just have to. And you have to respect the leadership group on the team 
and what they did, the captains of this team and coming forward and standing up for what is right, like I said, on, on a dad level, yep. on a human level, uh, just in, in every sense of the word. I don't know if we've got him back on the phone yet here or not. Oh, Are we, we got, leave your name and number out. Oh, we got him. We didn't get him. Yeah, on his voicemail. Rick, Rick Beardsley disconnected. Uh, the phone drop that does happen with cell phones. We're stalling to get him back on here uh, so he can, of course, give us his comment on uh, what I was just laying out. Uh, let's see if we have them back. We're redialing. Redialing. All right, hold on. We'll give it a ring or two. But no, but I think you're right, though. Obviously, it shouldn't just be Desco, the one talk, talking about it. It should be others within the university as well. Uh, let's give it a shot and see if we have Rick back online here. Rick, are you with us? Yep, I am now. Sorry, guys, I jumped off and listened. Uh, so so I, I, missed, I missed the end of it, but but it's all good. Keep going, Rain. Basically, what, what I wanted you to comment on and what I had set up, and I, and I think you knew where I was going with this, you got to respect the players, the captains of this team, the leadership. These guys standing and going, no, man, there's something with this this kid. We just can't go forward. He hasn't played in the last two games, and he probably shouldn't play tomorrow. You've just got to move on and say until that that deal with him is all over with, legally, the investigation with the university, uh, he can't be a part of this team. It, it's bigger than lacrosse. And, and I'm talking to somebody, obviously, we know how much yeah. you live the game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, guys, it is bigger. I, I You know, I, I'll... I have players' cell phone numbers, and I and I talked to them about the loss the other day. One player in particular who, and he was, you know, and he said so much for everything not affecting us on the field. And and I, if you know the player, I won't tell you who he was. He's pretty, he's pretty influential on uh, how the game starts. But uh, you know, he said so much, you know, for it not affecting us. Like, how do you go through with something like this weighing over your head? I mean, I I I have a real. You know, I think the only thing that really helped me with, with things like that, fellas, I, I lived a, you know, I lived an interesting childhood, so I had a lot of death in my family. So I, I may be more of a hard human being that moves on from things. But, you know, kids are emotional these days. I mean, I took a class. I posted, I took a class on, on you know, suicide awareness and, and, and depression yesterday, a class from the National Federation of High School Association, because I needed to learn more because this generation – you know, they have their thoughts. And, and, dude, the one thing I was proud to be an alumnus was this, Rain. They had a voice. And the voice was defending a program and a girl that they appreciate. And they were unified. Yep. And for that, that, will, that might get pushed aside due to record. And maybe the outcome of the season isn't what they want. But those kids should be commended and patted on the back for taking a stance and also, with the stance comes critics, right? So they stood up against critics. Indeed, those critics and those burners, those burner accounts on, in, you know, on all social media. I mean, guys, kudos to the Syracuse lacrosse team. I mean, they're in for a tough one against Robert Morris, uh, with or without uh, this going on. So, yeah, you know, it, it's one of those things, and. It's been going this way for a long time, but you you cannot just have one thing in your life. You need a balance. And if you didn't figure that out before the pandemic, I think that has caused reevaluation of priorities for everybody in every single walk of life, not just athletes that happen to play lacrosse at Syracuse. I'm sure that's a conversation that you've had with your wife or you've had with your daughters. Um, so sometimes you got to put things in perspective and you do have to go, you know what, right now I've just got to do the right thing. I'll let you give it the last comment before we got to get to a break, Rick. Yeah. I mean, you got to do the right thing. 
I mean, you, you have to now make raise this. The university needs to step up and start to do more, not just for student athletes, but for all students, more than they already have. You know, we live in a society where this needs to happen. And, you know, you need to put money where your mouth is. And, you know, the One Love Foundation is one that everybody mentions about the death of Yardley Love, who was unfortunately murdered by a Virginia lacrosse player that had a history of beating her. Um, we don't need those scenarios here. So I'm hoping the university steps up. I know the, the players have stepped up. I know the coaches mean well. I really do. And it pains me right now to be talking about this and to see almost their demise on the field emotionally. You know, it's driving me crazy as an alumnus. You know what, Rick? I, I appreciate you taking yourself uh, to this aspect of your personality. I know this is heavy on you. This is Rick Beardsley with us, of course, on the Sportilla Show on ESPN Radio, 97.7 and 100.1. I was going to end there and go to a break, but I want to extend for 60 seconds because you know what? I want to sure. f- flip you back. You got a coach later today. You got you to rush around and, and do everything you got yeah. going on. I want to flip okay, you in, into a positive place, and that is give me a quick sure. evaluation in X's and O's. What does the team under these circumstances have to do tomorrow? Who's got to step up to beat Robert Morris in the season finale? Robert Morris is a great player in Ryan Smith, a Canadian real big kid, drafted number two or three in the indoor league, uh, in the second round in the, in the PLL in the outdoor league. Robert Morris comes at you with a lot of junky stuff, meaning you know they'll do a lot of shutoffs, they, they'll do a lot of crazy things, run a lot of different offensive sets. Syracuse is going to have to be prepared for that junk. But Syracuse 10 for 10 is better. But they have to now become 10 for 10 that's better, right? Like the 5 for 5 of those guys, those captains came together. Um, Syracuse tomorrow needs to win faceoffs. That's been an Achilles heel for them. Jacob Fopp needs to come up big on the faceoff. And the defense needs to get itself right. Because right now, it's just like, you know, the movie, uh, what was it, Life, where the guy was called Can't Get Right. That defense, his name is called Can't Get Right. He, they got to get right in order for them to win. I'll tell you right now, Robert Morris is on the outskirts uh, looking in. If Robert Morris can pull the upset, Robert Morris gets in. So they're playing with nothing. And a team that's playing with nothing to lose is a dangerous team, my friend. Yes, it is. A dangerous team. A a wounded animal is the most dangerous animal to have to deal with, for sure. I'm sure that they want to get in there. Right now, brother. I'm wounded. I'm ready to go. Rick Beardsley, Beast Mode. Thanks for bringing it. As always, we're going to talk to you again real soon, my friend. I appreciate the time today. Good luck in the game, all right? All right. Thanks, boys. Go, bro, go brothers. This is ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Right back on the Sports Hill Show with our Sports Festivus, our airing of the grievances, and you're killing me, Smalls. The Sports Zilla Show. Oh, yeah. Bringing the Central New York sports fan together. You're supposed to wear your mask over your nose. I'm not going to, so quit asking. Can everyone hear me, okay? You're killing me, Smalls. It's the Sportszilla Show with Rain and Matt on twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk and ESPN Radio. Oh, for Pete's sake, here we go again. Look at my eyes. I'm rolling them at you, right? Ooh, can I say the thing? Yeah. The Astros fans are complaining about taunting? Yeah. What? Yeah. Taunting? Yeah. Astros complaining about taunting. If you did the crime, you get the punishment. Especially from fans. Yeah, you did the crime do the time. Do you expect... And by the way, you got off scot-free with the MLB. Yeah, you, you didn't... There was nothing. I mean, there were no repercussions. You spoke because you were basically given... You were given a pass. 
They, they said, no, we're not going to charge you with anything. There's going to be no repercussions for your actions. So fans take it on, take it on to themselves. If this is, they're like, okay, you're going to come into our house. We're going to boo you, and we're going to say some things. Yeah, if you sing like a canary, you get immunity. That's basically what has happened here. There's five players remaining from when this kind of all went down and the news came out about the cheating scandal. But you not self-aware enough to... Re- and Dusty Baker's defending him now? You weren't there, Dusty. I'm sorry. But A.J. Hinch has really gone off. He's got a good job. He missed a year, but he had plenty of money. It's not like he was going to starve or anything like that with the money they make. Even managers. True. He's in Detroit now. Uh, so Dusty's got the Astros, and Altuve had to expect this. I mean, Correa's getting it. Guriel's getting it. Bregman. Bregman's getting it. But Altuve's getting it the worst. But to be surprised by this is just kind of amazing to me. I, I would expect it, and we just know you've got to get through it. You know what? You go through it. You're going to take the abuse. You're going to get the Bronx cheer. They're going to scream and yell and swear at you. Uh, but now they've complained, and apparently it has gone all the way up the chain of command of the Major League Baseball offices and I guess MLB has spoken to the Yankees about tightening their rules a little bit. It wasn't as crazy last night. It was loud. There was booing. There was some swearing and some chants. Wasn't like the first game. Obviously, uh, game three of this series going on right now. It's three to one Yankees over Houston. And Giancarlo hit a 117 mile an hour home run to right center. He's still on fire and hot. And But they're complaining. You're just mad because you're losing too. Well, yeah, you're mad because you're losing. And from what I gathered from Twitter, I think that a fan actually got thrown out for something that he had on a sign. Yeah, he did. So it just goes to show that the Astros are getting their way yet again with the MLB. It's it's almost inconce- it's inconceivable that this is happening. Of course, there have been some great signs and trash cans and you know, all that, and they're giving him the business. Uh, but the Houston Astros are whining, and they need to shut up and just take it. Take it like a man. You're killing me, Smalls. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Rick DiUlio is next. He's going to vent like a man. I have a feeling. Let's hit the break. Now, going beast mode on some nachos. Here's your nachos. Thanks. It's the Sports Zella Show with Rain and the Glue Guy, Matt. Doesn't this mean things are finally going back to normal? On ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk. Uh, Yankees game on the Brother Station right now. That's where Rick DiUlio usually resides, uh, our resident uh, Rangers fanatic as am I. I'm passionate and... Listen, I'm just going to be perfectly honest with you, Rick. No no offense, buddy, but you're next level with this stuff. He's still a little bit chapped, and I like it. All right, so let's get saucy with this. Rick, I know you were on the block with Brent yesterday with Brent Axe, and you vented a little bit, but we have a segment called You're Killing Me, Smalls. It just preceded you, and that's our sports airing of the grievances. So we're going <laughs> to allow you your festivus, so to speak. But before that happens, though, can I make a little joke real quick? Rick, should the Rangers pay their fine with buckets of pennies? Oh, God, absolutely they should. Or <laughs> or they should do – there's a meme going around online, and it's uh, it's Rick Harrison from Pawn Stars. Yeah. And he's like, sorry, 5000 is the best I can do. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you pay it? it? What a soap opera the Rangers have turned into. But then again, the Knicks are good, so James Dolan needs to focus on the Rangers now. First of all, he's, well, <laughs> a, a, he's a terrible, terrible owner. I, I wish he would not get involved in this team. But I'll, I'll start you out with this question. Is the performance of John Davidson and Jeff Gordon as the general manager you know, of this team that they've constructed warranting of being fired? They're very, very young, Rick, and there's a lot in place that's positive. 
that team is on the right trajectory. And, Rain, I'm telling you, quite literally, nobody in the fan base called for J.D. or Gordon to be fired. Nobody. I mean, you'll get people calling for for David Quinn's head, the coach, um, but nobody wanted to see J.D. be fired. The man's beloved in the Rangers organization and among the fan base. Yeah, and what what they were doing, the plan they had put in place, is setting this team up for long-term success. I'm talking the next decade is going to be a real good 10-year stretch for this team. They're so young right now, but as these kids mature, you're going to see a, a, a Stanley Cup caliber team. And for James Dolan to insert himself into this and derail the entire thing at a time when you know, this is a crucial time. You need good management leadership right now, and I think they have it. They had everything in place. And for this, this clown to just, you know, insert himself into the process and, and derail the entire thing right now is infuriating to the fan base. And it's, I think it's just thrown everybody in the organization. David Quinn knew nothing about this. The players were totally blindsided by all of this. You know, and I don't know. I, I think, you know, people said that, well, you know, you could kind of see it coming. But I don't think anybody could see it coming. I think this is just a, a madman at the helm. And, and he just everything is done on a whim. And when you when you have that kind of power and this this shiny plaything, you know, hockey team that you don't normally uh, mess around with, you just, just you wake up one morning and you say, well, you know what? Yeah, it's not moving fast enough for me. I'm just going to. I'm going to throw a, a, a wrench into the, the proceedings here. And I, that's what I think he did yesterday. And, and so I you know, really, I mean, maybe, look, I'm not there. I don't know everything that's going on behind the scenes. None of us do. Maybe there's some sort of weird thing that happened. There's extenuating circumstances. I don't know. But all I know is from the outside, this looks really, really bad. And it makes James Dolan look even worse than he looked before. And nobody in either the Knicks or the Rangers fan base is like the guy. Why do you think Tom Wilson did not get a suspension? Is it because you think George Peros was also a goon-type player during his playing days? Um, you know, I'm not so sure it's that. I just think he's incompetent. I, I, think, <laughs> I don't know how you can look at that play and, and think that Tom Wilson, who's a repeat offender, by the way, oh, yeah. normally, normally you give the benefit of the doubt. If it's a guy who's done it for the first time, okay, maybe you fine him. Uh, because he doesn't have a reputation. Tom Wilson has a reputation. This guy just, you know, just just hit Brandon Carlo of the Bruins and knocked him out of action for for weeks. Uh, you know, a severe head injury. Um, and Tom Wilson's been suspended for I mean, at one point, twenty five games. He got this guy has suspensions every year, multiple suspensions. And so this is who he is. This is what he does. And so to not, uh, you know, to not come down on this guy for brutally attacking one of the league's uh, elite players who's not a fighter and who basically jumped into the fray to try and protect his helpless teammate, uh, for Wilson to do what he did, pulling hair, and, and quite possibly could have, could have killed. I mean, that's, I don't think I'm overstating it. If you're traveling downward at that velocity and you hit your head on that solid ice, you know, the injury you could sustain from that could either – severely cripple you or or you could die from it life altering at the very least it could have been yes yes and so for that um you know for what could have happened i think tom wilson's very lucky that he didn't 
severely injure Panarin. But, you know, you're telling me there's no suspension warranted there and it's a $5,000 $5, fine? Come on. And the team, as a result, basically said they had to police it themselves. Brendan Smith said that. Uh, but before we get to the fist period and all the fights last night, I wonder, you know, these players shouldn't be in a position to police the game. They had to almost enact revenge. You suspend the guy, you prevented everything that happened last night. But it brings me to a name that we all know, Wayne Gretzky. And there was a guy named Marty McSorley who went from the Oilers Mm -hmm. to the Los Angeles Kings with him. And there was a reason for that. There's a code. Mm -hmm. There's an honor amongst thieves. Uh, There's Listen, if you're an enforcer in hockey... You fight the other enforcer, or at least guys who are known to scrap and aren't smaller than you. I mean, somebody like Panarin or Gretzky, they just didn't fight. And so Mm -hmm. this honor amongst thieves, it's really what I think the issue is and why there is a disrespect for what the goonery that Tom Wilson undertook. I mean, I think that's the worst part of this. If he went at it with Brendan Smith who handled business for the Rangers from the get-go, you might not have seen this. You know, let's just drop the gloves and get this out of the way. But that's not what happened. That's exactly right, Rain. That is 100% dead on. You know, nobody targeted Wayne Gretzky. Nobody ever targeted Wayne Gretzky. And you know what? That's, that's, that's the way you want it to be. Because, you, like you said, you had Marty McSorley on the ice. You had Dave Semenko back in that yeah, era yeah. on the ice. And if anything happened to Wayne Gretzky or or you know, or any of the finesse guys on the team, you knew that the enforcer was going to come after you. And unfortunately the Rangers don't have that guy right now. Um, but Tom Wilson, you're exactly right. I mean, if, if you get out of a fray, you wake, you know, you kind of turn your head and you see that it's Artemi Panarin who gives up about 50 pounds to you. Sure. Um, if it's him that's trying to, to fight you, you don't fight him. That's that's the way you. I mean, it's, it goes back. I mean, that's why a UFC guy, you know, can't go into a bar and just start throwing fists. I mean, you could. You're dangerous. You could kill somebody that way. And so, you know, that's the code. As you mentioned, you don't fight somebody who is not capable of fighting you. It's just not what's done in the NHL. It go, This code goes back decades. And so, what he did was break that code. And I think that's why there was so much universal condemnation of him from fighters throughout the league, from, you know, your garden variety player, from former executives. Nobody, nobody defended Tom Wilson's behavior. Rick Dulio is here with us from the brother station, TK 99, home of the New York Yankees with the game going on right now, having a little hockey chirp with him about Tom Wilson and his goonery, his thuggery. Uh, but I wanted to bring in Don LaGreca from the Michael K show and share a piece of audio, and I'm going to let you react to what he says. So listen to this for the next 40 seconds. He's talking about the union and what happened. Tom Wilson gets protected by his union, but Panarin and Bushnevich, who are in the same union, don't get protected? Rangel Hernandez gets protected by his union. He brings down all of the other umpires who do their job and who are competent. They end up getting victimized. Oh, umpires stink. Baseball's a joke because they protect the one guy. So I'm not trying to be anti-union guys, but the union's supposed to protect everybody, not just the one single person, not the star player, not the one person that went out of his mind on the ice. Protect everyone. 
And that's the problem. Can't find them more than $5,000. Well, if I suspect, you know, everybody said throw them out of the league. Good luck throwing them out of the league. What would happen if Gary Bedman threw Tom Wilson out of the league? What would the union do? Yeah. union would get they it would reduced appeal. to a one-game suspension. That's what they would do. <laughs> Oh, and here's the other thing. After the six fights and 13 penalties in the first five minutes of the game last night, guess who didn't return to action with a upper body injury? Because he realized they were coming after him. So he proved to be this big, tough guy is a coward when it's all said and done. React to all that for me. Well, LaGreca's spot on. Uh, that is 100%. Look, it, it shows what Tom Wilson did shows a lack of respect. It's just a disrespect for your fellow teammates it's a disrespect for the players that because look they're out there playing a game but there is a certain respect that you have for other players no matter how big the rivalry is no matter how hard you go at it when that puck drops there's a respect between players you're all nhl players you've all worked your entire life to get to where you are you're all elite talents um what he did was just it was embarrassing um, and it showed what kind of a person he really was. And the fact that the NHL can't do anything because of the, 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 the CBA, they can't get in and find him any more than $5,000 to me is ridiculous. There is uh, there was a suspension warranted once upon a time rain. I don't know if you remember the name Rafi Torres. Yeah. Um, Rafi Torres played for Vancouver for a while. He played for several, several uh, different organizations, mm-hmm. but Rafi Torres basically got run out of the league because of this sort of thing. Um, I think the last suspension I remember him getting was something like 45 games because he kept targeting other players' heads. And they wanted that out of the game. Headshots are supposed to be out of the game. you know, and, and that's the way it should be. But this guy kept doing it. He was a repeat offender. And finally, they just expelled him from the league. And so at a certain point, I don't care who you are, if you're going to be a repeat offender and people can physically sustain serious career-ending and life-threatening injuries from your behavior. You know, there's a conversation that needs to be had in the NHL front office about uh, about expelling this guy from the game. Rick, do you feel better now? <laughs> well, you know what? It's The thing is, it snowballs, Rain, so now you got me going, and as soon as we <laughs> hang up... Uh, I'm going to just unload on whoever the next person that comes into the studio is here. I have a couple of recommendations within the building, but I'm not going to say names. All right. I'm just not going to say names. It's going to be Liz from traffic, isn't it? Yeah, leave her alone. Leave her alone, man. No, we appreciate you, Rick DiUlio. In all seriousness, thanks as always for the time. I'm sure we'll be having some conversations with you again right here on the Sports Hill Show. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Next up on the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line, we're going to talk to Mike McAllister with Syracuse on SI. SU football, SU basketball, his Eagles therapy session. Yes, he gets a sports festivist airing of the grievances also. And uh, we'll go from there. That's next. The Sports Zilla Show from 2 to 4. Against Bayheim in the lane. Oh, what a block. block. Again by Griffin. What a block by Alan Griffin. He saved the game at both ends of the floor. It's time for Rain and Matt. Are you going to change because of one game? No, I'm not. I'm just, I'm just. Well, let me explain this to you. We've got three guards, and we're going to use all three. All right? Got it? You guys want to coach, go get a high school. Go get a team somewhere and coach. All right? It's the Sports Zilla Show with Rain and Matt on twitch.tv slash Q. Sports Talk and ESPN Radio. We know the Bayheims have a dog named Kobe right now. Or Bean. Is it Bean? It's Bean. It's Bean in honor of Kobe, right? Yes. But I hear that quick sometimes, that quote, and I'm always like, did he say we have three dogs? 
No, he was talking about guards, but I wish he was talking about puppies. That'd be funny. We're going to talk about Syracuse basketball. That's one of our subjects today with Mike McAllister with Syracuse on SI. Always grateful for the time, Mike. Uh, so we took a couple questions from people at Q Sports Talk in the Twitch chat, and I want to start with you there. The, any new targets that you know of in the transfer portal? Any word on Anselm being in there? As of right now, we believe he's coming back unless you have an update for us. And, of course, Arthur Kaluma. Give us the status on all that. Uh, no new targets in the transfer portal uh, specifically that I've heard. Frank Anselm, as far as I know, is coming back. I haven't heard definitively one way or the other. I think, You'd- obviously, the longer it goes, um, that the more likely it is that he's staying. And I thought that the chance for him to leave, if he was going to, was right after it was announced that Barama was coming back. If he, if he was going to leave because he wanted playing time, I would have thought right after it was announced Barama's coming back, he'd go, well, I'm not going to play next year. I'm going to leave. But the further it gets away from that, I think the less likely it is. And given how many players are still in the portal, you know, I, I think his best bet is, is to stay and, and try to continue to develop. Um, as far as Arthur Kaluma goes, Syracuse is involved. Um, they've already had a phone call um, with, um, I think, Syracuse has a need for another forward on roster. He's a top 40 prospect. He's, you know, really, really good. Um, and, you know, he'd be one of four brand new forwards if Syracuse were to get him that's going to be competing for, for playing time. I think he would have an opportunity to carve out a role, even with the other guys that are here. And Syracuse's biggest competition for him is in Arizona, which Arizona I don't think is going to be next year. They've got huge cloud over their program with the NCAA stuff going on. They've got a brand new coaching staff who's, you know, never done it before, but they've got a good, you know, recruiting um, resume from, from their time at Gonzaga. So uh, it's going to be interesting. You know, there's, there's pluses and minuses, I think, to, to both situations, but uh, certainly the more stable program at the moment. Mike, do you think, based on everything that you just said and pure speculation here, there may be one more move this offseason before we get to next year. Yeah, I think they're going to do what they can to add another forward. You know, it's not that, that they need they could, the three guys that they have. If nobody gets hurt, they're fine, right? They can play with those guys and each and for next. And the, the problem is if someone gets hurt or, you know, a couple people get hurt. You got two guys in foul trouble in a certain game. Now you're in a situation where you don't have that emergency fourth guy to go in there. Uh, so, you know, th- there's a depth issue there. There's a little bit of concern. You'd like to have another body there. And if you can grab someone like Kaluma to fill that spot, and you not only have a really talented guy as your fourth forward potentially, or whoever ends up being the fourth forward among those those four, but that fourth guy is probably going to play minutes regardless of injuries and emergencies and foul trouble, et cetera. So, yeah, I think they're going to try to add a forward, you know, if they can find someone that fits and it's, you know, okay with the situation. Mike McAllister with Syracuse on SI. Nice enough to join us on the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line here on ESPN Radio. And, Mike, I, I got to ask you about Benny Williams. It's been reported he's going to play in the AI, the Allen Iverson tournament. Um, just tell us a little bit about that. What are we looking for out of him? Just to get some reps in, don't get yourself hurt. He's going to be at Syracuse really soon to kind of get the ball rolling, uh, get himself matriculated and get ready and used to the program. Yeah, I, I don't know that you're looking for anything major out of him other than, like you said, don't get hurt. 
Um, but you, you want to see some of that explosiveness, you know, maybe a couple of flashy transition plays, et cetera. These, these events are usually guard dominant that the guards are going to handle the ball. They're going to create a lot of stuff. So, you know, maybe he gets an open look or two from the outside, uh, maybe gets a couple options or a couple opportunities in transition, those types of things. I'm not expecting that, you know, the offense is going to run through him and he's going to, you know, end up with 20 something points in the game um, just because of the nature of these things. So um, you're just looking for him to, to play well, to be efficient, to take advantage of the opportunities that's there show some off, show off some of his athleticism and, you know, come out of it help. Yeah, just wrote about your conversation with Tyler Ennis, a name, of course, we all know and love for SU basketball fans. Tell us about that conversation. What are a few of your takeaways Q's fans would be interested in? Yeah, I thought his um, his assessment of playing for Bayheim was pretty interesting. You know, I think Bayheim gets a reputation as the guy that screams all his players and like that with with. Uh, during the year that he was there was that he, he saw other coaches being that way. But his experience with Bayheim was that he was pretty calm, cool, and collected um, in the huddle with them. And that his knowledge of essentially every situation that can come up um, was, was helpful to him and his development during that year. Um, I found it interesting that, you know, I talked, I talked to him about the shot that he made against Pittsburgh, the, the half court buzzer beater to oh, yeah. beat them when, when Syracuse was number one. And I thought it was interesting that he noted that the the Pittsburgh students were, um, you know, making comments about his girlfriend and his mom and, you know, the same thing with some of the other players. Um, And so when he hit that shot, it was kind of extra, you know, a little extra juice there because of, you know, how personal some of the comments got from from the crowd that game. Uh, But he couldn't remember after he made the shot and he ran down to the other end exactly what it was that he said. You can see his lips moving. He said something. I thought he said, this is my house now, but he says he can't remember exactly what it was he said. thought that was kind of funny. Um, and then, you know, just the fact that he's been dealing with injury since he left. Uh, so I'm leaving early. Uh, he, thought that he wasn't sure that his draft stock was going to get much, much higher than it was. So he was, he was ready to go. Um, still follows the team, happy for the success they're having and, you know, stays in contact with coaches and players and, um, and, and, you know, I think some, some people, some might be a little irritated. They left after they're hoping to work. Um, he still has a lot of love for Syracuse and the community. Oh, we move, uh, left or right a little bit. We, you, you bowed out a little bit on me there, Mike. He says he had a lot of love for the Syracuse community was the last thing I heard. Yeah, that was that was basically it. Um, just you know, he he couldn't remember exactly what it was he said after he made the Pittsburgh shot, um, and that even though he um, even though after you know he left, there were some fans that were you know maybe a little upset that, that wanted him to stay for an extra year or gotcha. two. Um, he still has love for the the fan base, the community, and in Central New York as a whole. Of course, with Syracuse on SI, Mike, on, uh, excuse me, with Syracuse on SI, Mike McAllister with us on the Sports Illustrated Show with ESPN Radio. All right, put a little bit of respect on Melo's name now in the top 10 all-time in NBA scoring. Yeah, it, it's funny to me um, how an all-time great Surefire Hall of Famer, uh, I think there's more appreciation for him now um, than there was, you know, probably during the prime of his career, but how much he was sort of crapped on during the, the prime of his career when he was with Denver and in New York and, you know, transitioning a little bit from there, um, you know, had a couple of unsuccessful runs with 
Oklahoma City and, and Houston. But, um, you know, when the Knicks were a joke for almost two decades, the only small bright spot they really had during that time was when Mello was there and got them to the playoffs a couple times and they won a playoff series. Um, you know, I think he's had a tremendous NBA career. He's a first ballot, surefire Hall of Famer, one of the best scorers the game has ever seen. Um, he's He's been a remarkable professional player. Might not get, get a title unless he can latch on to a team, you know, decides to leave Portland and latch on to a team that's that's a title contender without him and then get one that way. But um, that's about the only thing missing. He's done basically everything else. So, Mike, how does Iffy fit with Detroit? Cisco fit with the Jags, Coney and Trill, UDFAs, of course, that signed with the Saints. We've got about two or three minutes left, and we got to give you an Eagles therapy session. Uh, so just giving you a window. Uh, Cisco, I think, is going to be a starter from day one. He becomes their best playmaker um, in the secondary. He's, he's a tremendous value pick for the Jaguars in the third round. Uh, I think he's going to start and be really good there. Fits into what they're trying to do, be aggressive, um, force turnovers. I think he's going to be really good for them. If he in Detroit, they're in a full rebuild. So having a guy that's a six-three corner um, that, that can run like he can gives you a really good foundation is to potentially be a shutdown corner on the outside. I think the the worst case scenario for Iffy is that he's a really good number two corner. Mm-hmm. And so getting a, getting a guy like that in the third round, I think is, is really good value for Detroit. So they should be pretty happy with him in the second year. I think he can play in almost any system at the professional level. Uh, Cooney and, and Trill, I think have real shots to make the roster. You know, um, New Orleans got rid of their punter. Uh, more said in the off season, they've got an opening there. He's going to compete with last last year's UDFA um, on their roster for the starting spot. So Cooney's got a shot to win that job. It's going to depend on he, how he performs in camp. And you know, New Orleans likes versatile defensive backs, and Trill is certainly that. He can play safety, he can play corner. I think going there and learning a little bit from Malcolm, Jenk- Malcolm Jenkins, who's done that in his career, I think will be good for him. So, you know, it's it's really all in their hands. I think they'll have opportunities to impress and make the roster. Talking to Mike McAllister here on ESPN Radio. All right, we left 60 seconds. Perfect timing, Mike. Your Eagles therapy session, your airing, airing over the grievances, glue guy. Mike, on May 6th, as it stands right now, are you happy with the way that the team is constructed after the draft and free agency heading into the offseason minicamps? For the most part. I think they did. They did a really nice job in in the draft. Now, I would have preferred that they drafted a corner a little bit higher. You know, in the third round, I thought that they had an opportunity to grab Iffy. Uh, I would have preferred that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I can't really complain. With the first and second round pick, they need a, a center of the future, and um, they got that with, with the, the kid from Alabama. I know he's been hurt, but if he ends up panning out, that's a guy that would have been you know middle part of the first round. So you get good value there potentially if he ends up uh, getting over his injury issues. Devonta Smith was the guy I wanted in the first round when they were at number six. So the fact that they moved back to 12, um, added an extra first-round pick next year. and Mike, can I interrupt 10. you real quick? Rain just yeah. punched the wall in the studio. I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, gonna, um, I'm just going to let you finish. I'm not going to pull a Kanye Taylor Swift right now. Go ahead. <laughs> The fact that they got the guy I wanted, I can't really <laughs> complain there. Uh, you know, some of their picks towards the end, you know, you, they're kind of flyers that you're taking on guys that have some upside. But overall, I like the the way that the draft turned out. Um, I'm optimistic that uh, Smith and, and um, 
Kurtz can, you know, rekindle some of the success they had together at Alabama. And we'll see how it plays out. I'm, I'm at least optimistic that they're they're headed in a positive direction. So we'll see how it plays out. Mike, who makes a trade within the same division? How does it feel to know that Loria and Jerry Jones are dating and they screwed over my Giants and you got my guy? Oh, I'm okay with it. I'm going to be okay. I promise. Uh, we had a lot of fun on Twitter. And we appreciate you and the time as always. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Mike McAllister with Syracuse NSI here on the Sports Hill Show. It's ESPN Radio. We come back with Soundcheck. It's the Sports Zella Show with Rain and the Glue Guy on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. So we hit the break and boom, immediately breaking news. And we were wondering the Board of Governors meeting with the American Hockey League uh, was at about one o'clock today. And I'm sure we'll get a correction if I'm wrong on that. Uh, but now, even though we had the president of the Utica Comets and it's huge news with the Comets being relocated by Vancouver back to Abbotsford. Well, what's the affiliation going to be in Utica? And I said to Rob Esch yesterday, is it the Utica Devils? And he said, no. And then after the fact, and everybody's been discussing this since, well, wait a minute, it could still be the New Jersey Devils, but they might remain the Utica Comets. And it appears to me for 10 years, that is the case. So let's bring in voice of the Comets, Jason Shia, and he's going to give us the rest of the details as he's probably absorbed a little bit more of this than we have. Jason, thanks for the time. Tell us the rest. Oh, man. (laughs) Well, it started a while ago, actually, and I'm just ecstatic we could finally, you know, hit send and release the social media. Now it's real. We've been keeping it to ourselves as much as we can, uh, but it's finally it's happening here. And the big thing for us is that 10 year deal. That's huge stability. It, it's it's a meaningful geographical partnership. There's synergy within that, you know, the geography between the two teams. There's a historical element. And if you know Rob Esch, he's a big history buff. So that plays into it as well. The Comet's name was near and dear to him and many of the community. So that's, you know, it stays, which I think a lot of people are happy about. But overall, this is this is a, a big moment for this organization, for the New Jersey Devils partnering. You know, I couldn't be any more excited about the way that it, it worked out. And you know how these things go. You never really know until you coordinate everything and, and then you hope and you go into these meetings and you finally get the approval. Now it's real. Well, and there's legalities and things like that that have to happen behind the scenes. You can't just snap your fingers and this stuff gets done. For me, the first thing I thought of, uh, for anybody that knows Rob Ash, and by the way, you tell him he owes me a phone call. I want to talk to him tomorrow right here on the Sports <laughs> Illustrated Show. Um, but it, his nickname is Chico, and it is because of Chico Resch, who does color commentary right. for the New Jersey Devils. So you want to talk about a fluid situation. This almost had to come to be. And how about the, the team that's here 30 years ago, and we're bringing them back. And it's going to be, for those that are old enough to remember the partnership before, it's a completely different set of circumstances. First of all, the building's been renovated. Uh, people took it for granted. Now they appreciate it. The game has evolved so much. Uh, but just some general overall comments on this 10-year relationship. Do you have any further details that you can give us? Well, here's what I know. I mean, what you're looking at here is a commitment by New Jersey to to cultivate the area and not only, of course, solidify the comments as an AHL organization here in the city, but also to bring about some fans that perhaps, you know, there are New Jersey fans here. We know that, but to create even more fans. Sure. If you look around the area here, you see people who are now Vancouver fans. Why wouldn't you be? You see these kids growing up. They come out of junior. They come out of college. Next thing you know, they're playing for the Vancouver Canucks. You become attached to them. 
but it's also hard to go to New Vancouver and watch a game. But now you can drive down the road and see these guys play at the Prudential Center and see them play there, live out their NHL dreams. I mean, for someone like me, it's been in the American League, I, I think, 11 years, whatever it's been. That's a, that's a great story. And you're able to watch them and see them play, not only on sports on television, but also in person. So that, to me, says we are committed. The 10-year deal says we are committed. That's more meaningful than people realize with the number of changes that can happen in the AHL. This is kind of unprecedented, really. Jason Shia is here with us, a voice of the Utica Comets here on the Sports Hill Show with ESPN Radio. It's pretty crazy, too, because just last night, the Comets and the Crunch played a game, and that's of local interest. We call it Uticus when we talk about the Empire Recycling Galaxy Cup and this rivalry. Now, the Crunch have the 6-5 to five season series lead with the 5-3 win last night. Taylor Radish had the hat trick. You know what? Let's Since we've got you on the phone, X and O's this because then it's Friday, Saturday, and Monday Three more games with these two teams. And that same rivalry, as you just heard, is going to continue for at least the next 10 years. Oh, no doubt. And that's a great thing, right? Because, you know, you'll have new players in the lineup next year, new coach. But I guarantee you, after a couple of games against each other, they're going to hate each other all over again. It's just the way it is. You see a team that much. And these guys have seen each other, I don't even say way too much, but a lot. And the games have some snarl. They have animosity. That's a great that's great hockey. Look what happened last night in New York with the Rangers and the Capitals. To me, that sells the game. It's not what you not what you want in its totality. You want to step away from it because wins and losses matter. But that's the kind of hockey people want to be engaged in. There's something emotional, something real about it. And now you have that within Utica, Syracuse, long term rivalries that will continue into the future. So, Jason, um, first of all, we just map quested because it's a little easier to go see the parent club in New Jersey. It's a car ride, really, or a really quick flight uh, as opposed to flying across the country, basically. So it was almost 3000 miles to go from the Utica odd to Vancouver as opposed to 300 miles or a three and a half hour car ride to New Jersey in the Prudential Center. Uh, So that is, to your point, that's a great thing. And we were also wondering, and and I know we've got a handful of games left to play, but Jason, have you hired a painting crew to repaint the Adirondack Bank Center in devil's colors yet? Or is that something maybe we'll wait a day or so for? Well, what we'll for the painting crew, we'll walk, you know, so Rob will walk into the office with a couple of paintbrushes and say, get to work. I think that's what's going to happen. <laughs> it's all- As I understand it, by the way, I, I heard Rob Esch literally, when they were opening the building, was painting the, the it, what you see is Rob Esch painting. Yeah. He did it all to begin with. So this is, this is not, this is a man who does everything. And I would not be surprised, by the way, this time around, he's not up on a ladder somewhere painting the walls of the arena himself again. That's the kind of guy that he is. Have you had a, a, any similar experiences, Jason, on your journey in the American Hockey League? For those that don't know your past, obviously, with Carolina and whatnot, I think we've talked about this before. You're 16, 17 years in the game. Uh, but days like this are exhilarating, and the adrenaline rush and the buzz that you've been holding on to, as you said a few minutes ago, it, it's just got to be there. There's got to be hair standing on the back of your neck. It's a fun, exciting piece of news to be able to get out there because you know it's just it's not just talking about a particular hockey game on a particular night during a long AHL right. season. This is bigger and larger than life and bigger than all of us. 100%. I completely agree with you. The nature of the American Hockey League is a little more um, uh, uneven, the, the, the flooring, right? So with the NHL, to move a team or to have something, you know, that's a big deal. It's a huge deal. And there's, you know, teams that are worth 
half a billion dollars. Well, the American League has a little more movement. And you're never really secure sometimes until you have yourself a long-term affiliation. I was with Charlotte for a long time, affiliated with the Carolina Hurricanes. That fell apart. And that's not, let me tell you right now, it's not a good thing to have happen because most of the time when that happens, it's ugly. It's not, but look at Vancouver and, and the, the Comets and Rob Asher relationship. It's as strong as ever. It just became so where the geographical, you know, gap seemed to be something Vancouver wanted to move their team out to where, you know, British Columbia. And nobody was mad about it. They had phenomenal years here. The relationship is still strong. And then coming in is another partner for a, for a long-term deal. So this is not only is it rare to switch it and have it work out this well, but also that, you know, there wasn't bad blood in the process. Jason, let me ask you one last question. It's Jason Shia, voice of the Utica Comets here with us on the Sports Silla Show with the breaking news, a 10-year affiliation with the New Jersey Devils. The Comets will remain the Utica Comets and not become the Utica Devils. But you've got, a, a, let's see, we've got 11 of the 14 meetings between the Crunch and the Comets. And, you know, in, in that amount of time, you've had plenty of interactions with, say, Lucas Favalli in the broadcast booth. And what have you two talked about that you're willing to share uh, that fires up these fan bases so much for this fun Empire Recycling Galaxy Cup rivalry. I'd really like to appease both fan bases with your comments. <laughs> so I love Lucas, by the way. What a great, what a great kid. Okay, and when we sit there and talk about it, because we see each other so much and we see the games over and over again, I look at the other players. Like I'm, I look at Taylor Rash and see what he's done, and Boris Kachuk and Otto Sumpy. When you step away from it, because ultimately we're all fans of the game. We want to see these kids perform. We want to see them do well. I want to see my team win. But I'm, all, I'm also really, really interested in the careers of some of these guys who come through the American Hockey League and end up playing in the NHL and end up doing it for a long time. And I say, you know what? I was there. I watched that kid play when he was in the American League in the minors trying to find his way to the NHL. So you see players like that. And it's, you know, my, I have a buddy on the other side there. I was with Charlotte for a while and Chase Prisky. Chase is playing some great hockey. You're never going to meet a nicer kid than Chase. He gave the puck away last night for a goal against Sam Annis, which is his teammate <laughs> in but So I'm sure they talked about that after the game. But, you know, you want to see these players succeed, and you want to see them bring their best every night. Because if you don't, the broadcasts are brutal. You know how it is. No one wants to watch a bad hockey game. That's right. So you want players playing to the best level they can because it's entertaining and it makes for a better uh, broadcast and it makes for a good hockey game. Been 34 years since the Utica Devils debuted. Uh, that partnership between New Jersey and Utica is back again. A 10-year agreement. They will not be the Utica Devils. They will remain the Utica Comets. And we've just learned, yes, after 34 years, next season's opener is Sunday, October 17th. Did I get that right? You got it right. And I was telling you before, Rob Ash loves the historical part of everything here. He doesn't. Tradition to him is a big deal with a capital T. So that's why October 17th is going to be a meaningful date. I assume it'll be an October 17th start for seasons to come. That's my assumption. And literally, as we speak, Rob is returning my phone call on my cell phone. We'll take a quick break there. We will thank Jason Shia. I'll get everybody set up with Rob Ash on the SportsZilla show tomorrow. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. Hang tight. Last thing we'll say today is next. Sticks, man. Let's get cracking, man, to the middle of the ring. Let's go. It's the SportsZilla Show on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Talk. Here's Rain and Matt. I just checked in with my radio brother, Brent Axe, and said, hey, man, I'm going to borrow just a couple of minutes because with the news that broke about the Utica Comets 
name remaining in an affiliation announced for 10 years with the New Jersey Devils. Bring it back. It's been 34 years, or in the words of the Titanic, 84 years. Brings me to President Robert Esch, who was nice enough to join us yesterday. And uh, Rob, it's, it's funny because uh, we were joking a little bit. We had a off-the-record text conversation yesterday, and everybody's going, oh, he lied to you. He didn't lie. He didn't lie. He just deflected. He, if you could dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball kind of a thing. Uh, con- congratulations on this decade-long affiliation to keep the Utica Comets in the AHL in Central New York. And for the Syracuse Crunch fans, because we always have to keep it, um, we keep it together for all of Central New York. Just this rivalry continues. Fresh off a game last night and three more through next Monday. Uh, celebrate for us on the air and tell us what you want to say. No, I'm I'm really uh, excited. Obviously, it was um, some strenuous work, but everybody was able to get it done uh, from Vancouver's end and New Jersey's end. And you know, it's it, it's amazing. After eight years, uh, you know, Vancouver was able to you know move back west like they always wanted to, and we have an amazing relationship. And then obviously, New Jersey. I know a lot of the people down there. Um, you know, so it's really exciting for us. It's it fits into our market and our. We're, you know, we always wanted to be called the Utica Comets. We feel strongly about that. Um, New Jersey wanted that too. I, I really think it was, uh, it all played out really well. And fittingly, it's on uh, Marty Broder's birthday. <laughs> yeah, go figure, right? Who, as a 20 year old, played for the Utica Devils. You know, it, it brings me back to you know, Tommy McVie and just Jeff, Jeff, was it Medill? I think it was Jeff Medill was his so. name. And there's, I mean, Kevin Todd uh, locally, we remember his name, played with the Kings and a whole bunch of other teams and just that rich history. But why was it so important for you to remain Utica Comets? And I know that you've explained this in other situations, but there's a culture and a family and it's respecting the history of the Comets in central New York. And 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 there's people all across central New York who used to travel to see these games. Um, but in, as opposed to going back to the Utica Devils, um, please explain that to everybody. Well, I think, you know, first and foremost, it was in tandem. You know, New Jersey wanted the same thing that we wanted. Uh, they recognized the Comets name here. It's synonymous with class. Um, and that comes from the ambassadors uh, that wore the jerseys well before, you know, we even thought about calling ourselves the Utica Comets. Uh, but the Clayton Comets, you know, they're gentlemen. They've been in the community. They transplanted down here from Canada. Um, and, you know, Jack Kane, Bordy Smith, Pierre Prevost, and Dave Armstrong, you know, they come to every game. Uh, Ian Anderson was one of my best friends. Uh, he passed away the day, you know, like I mentioned before, the day that uh, we got our first win here and uh, with the Utica Comets. It was a very sad day. Um, but they, they've just really carried the brand of hockey throughout this community, whether they were coaching youth hockey, high school hockey, uh, they've remained in the fabric for the hockey community. And for us, we, we are, you know, a Comets uh, country up here. That's just what we are. And, um, you know, I spoke with all of them this morning and let them know that, you know, there's no chance, um, you know, that neither one of us wanted that. Um, obviously, definitely not me and, and New Jersey didn't either. So I think it was, like I said, it was fitting uh, it's a tribute to the Clinton Comets, uh, you know, the village of Clinton and how, you know, it morphed into Utica and the whole, all the surrounding areas and parts in between. And, and it's great to have a 10 year commitment like that. I mean, it's kind of, it's very unprecedented uh, in the American Hockey League. Um, you know, you see a lot of two, four, and five year commitments. 
but this was a, a really long commitment. Um, they really want to lay in roots here. Uh, we're only three and a half hours, uh, pretty much from, yep. you know, us down to where they're at. So it's just been, it's been a, a you know, there's a lot of stress, uh, I think, for everybody. You know, um, when uh, Vancouver decided to exercise their option back on December 31st. But in saying that, you know, we were confident that we had such a great fan base that, you know, other teams were going to want to do that. And other teams did talk to us. Um, and then it wasn't until late, um, you know, that we started speaking with New Jersey only a few weeks ago. Robert Esch, thanks for the time. Uh, let's get a little bit of a lo- more of a long-form interview in the next couple of days here. I'll try to reach out to you, uh, but I appreciate the five minutes right now to get this out there with the breaking news. Ten years, New Jersey Devils will remain Utica Comets. That great Syracuse Crunch, Comets Crunch rivalry, rivalry will remain. Marty Brodeur is dropping the ceremonial first puck on Sunday, October <laughs> 17th. Uh, it's been 34 years. All right, I made that part up, but we'll see what happens. Hey, maybe we'll see some Cups make a, a visit or some there celebration of the Stanley Cups. We didn't have that with Vancouver. And, of course, it's just seamless and fluid with you being Chico and Chico Resch being affiliated with the Devils. Rob, you're the best. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thank you. It's Robert Esch. This is ESPN Radio. My thanks to Brent X for letting us borrow a couple extra minutes. You're on the block next. See you tomorrow at 2.